Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves for Maccas, Juicy Angus Beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Maccas Run for your Tuesday evening. Sam Hargraves with you, one 736 736 the number. The Maccas Run is all about putting the biggest stories of the day on the menu for you to consume, and then you can have your say on the news of the day, one 736 736, or you can give us a text, 0433 98 11 16 off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. Plenty of cricket to talk about, some things making news in footy, some re-signings again today as well, and a couple of uh, rising stars have spoken on SEN today. But the day has really been dominated uh, courtesy of the Mick Warner story regarding Simon Goodwin and uh, the reports, uh, according to his story, uh, based on a cache of leaked documents, emails, memos, uh, meeting transcripts, uh, board communications, uh, he reported revealed the following, uh, that the Melbourne board in February 2021, under former President Glenn Bartlett, who left the club in April of last year, considered standing coach Simon Goodwin down as it investigated claims of bullying, behavioural and lifestyle issues from 2018 to 2021 uh, in those uh, behavioural issues and lifestyle issues. Uh, according to the leaked documents, there was concerns regarding drinking and gambling with players, a health episode on a fan day, uh, and the bullying of a, a former, or allegations of bullying a former club doctor. It also uh, spoke about the fact, uh, it also spoke, uh, and in the story, that uh, Bartlett and board member Mohan uh, Jess Suderson raised the concerns that they had in regards to Simon Goodwin with Gil McLaughlin and Richard Goiter from the AFL in an online meeting on February the 2nd. Uh, Gil, according to the story, detailed his own concerns about things he'd heard regarding uh, Simon Goodwin uh, drinking and gambling at the Sorrento Hotel. According to the story in the Herald Sun by Mick Warner, uh, Gill encouraged uh, Glenn Bartlett to remove Goodwin and Gary Pert if required, labelling uh, the behaviour as crazy. Um, it also was uh, suggested in the story that uh, a nas- uh, that national business uh, people had contacted the club with their concerns uh, about the coach's behaviour as well. Uh, the story goes on to say that in February the 10th, uh, Bartlett and Pert confronted Simon Goodwin at Casey, detailing the allegations of bullying, uh, gambling and drinking and other issues, according to the story. Uh, Goodwin uh, flatly denied that there was any behavioural problems of any significance. The bullying claim is uh, regarding eight-year club doctor Zeeshan Arain, who raised concerns in January of 2022 about Goodwin's alleged behavioural issues. This is all according to the story uh, that Mick Warner posted uh, on the Herald Sun website and in the Herald Sun today. He raised those behavioural issues with Josh Marnie, who was the head of football at the time, who, according to Arane, said that uh, Alan Richardson had been uh, asked to chaperone Simon Goodwin. Uh, 
uh, on a trip to Las Vegas in 2019 because uh, they were concerned about, according to the story, what he might get up to. Arane then briefed Gary Pert in October 2020 about uh, the coach's workplace conduct, uh, according to him, and the club culture, according to him. October 6th, the club doctor was sacked uh, by Gary Pert, and in the documents that uh, Mick Warner has said that uh, he has access to in the story, the leaked documents uh, that uh, Gary Pert had said that he had lost, they had lost trust in the doctor. On October 15th, the doctor lodged an unfair dismissal claim against the Melbourne Footy Club. November 2020, a financial settlement was reached and part of the agreement was that the doctor assisted um, Bartlett in uh, investigating um, the allegations into the alleged bullying. Uh, December 11th, the board was briefed on Dr. Rain's accusations. Glenn Bartlett conducted an interview on that day uh, with the doctor regarding uh, Simon Goodwin. And as I said, this is all in a story uh, on uh, the Herald Sun today and uh, by Mick Warner. Um, Bartlett, out, Bartlett outlined in the findings of his interview with Dr. Rain in a memo sent to Pert and, uh, and the Demons directors that day uh, that the complaints regarding Simon Goodwin um, spoke about uh, the fact, uh, spoke in that about, um, I just lost my place here, just want to make sure I'm getting this right. Um, in, uh, in the email to club chiefs, uh, Bartlett described Dr. Rain as in effect a whistleblower, alleging Goodwin had behavioral problems, adding some staff knew about this in January, 2020. Bartlett said in a further email, I've now formed the view that workplace bullying occurred towards Dr. Rain, which would amount to misconduct in my view, if not serious misconduct. Do we continue to hold the necessary trust and confidence in the senior coach with regards to his behavior and performance capability? Uh, he added, these matters are very obviously very serious and extremely sensitive. It is imperative that all of us do not discuss any of these matters. Um, so these are all detailed in Mick Warner's story on the Herald Sun uh, and off the back of a cache of leaked documents. The Melbourne Football Club have responded today in a statement and have said the following. Kate Roffey has issued this statement, the, the now president of the Melbourne Football Club, Saying on behalf of the current board, I'd like to make it incredibly clear that Simon Goodwin, uh, as the current reigning premiership coach and AFL coach of the year, is an exceptional leader of our football club. Simon, along with the other club leaders, Gary Pert and Alan Richardson, have driven a high-performance culture that has led to a premiership and made my board and all the Melbourne supporters proud of, his, of this club. I want to make this very clear. I look forward to Simon continuing to evolve as a coach and leader at the Melbourne Football Club for many more years to come. As has been widely criticised, uh, publicised at the conclusion of the 2020 home and away season, the Melbourne Football Club commissioned a review of the football program, which was conducted by CEO Gary Pert. The review was thorough and professional and resulted in many important personal and personnel and program changes, which set our club up for a record-breaking performance, including our 13th premiership in 2021. As part of the review, Gary spoke to over 40 people, both internal and external to the club, including players, coaches and staff. All feedback and conversations were taken incredibly seriously and followed through using the club's standard governance processes. At the completion of the review process, the resulting uh, recommendations were presented to the board at the time and which were unanimously signed off on, signed off and endorsed. The recommendations resulted in the club implementing many personnel and program changes across the football department, including the coach, including the coaching, high performance and medical areas. As previously communicated to Melbourne supporters, the review reaffirmed Simon Goodwin as the right man to lead our club and ultimately to drive us to premiership success. As expected from any review, the final recommendations outlined areas for improvement for several key staff within the football program. That feedback was given and welcomed by Simon and others as a way of improving our young leaders who are driving the cultural change. Simon, like many others within the department, was given his feedback and embraced the opportunity it provided to evolve and improve as a coach. 
During these feedback discussions, Simon totally rejected any accusations of bullying behaviour. And as the club president, I totally support Simon rejecting those accusations. Simon is, is, is an inclusive leader who is loved by the players, coaches and staff and goes out of his way to build genuine relationships throughout the football department and broader club. Following the review, Simon, Alan Richardson, Max Gorn and the club's leadership group led the charge in ensuring all areas for improvement outlined in the review were acted upon. They embedded the club's values of trust, respect, unity and excellence within our football department and they continue to do so. The character and strength of our people saw us achieve great things in season 2021 and we are excited to see what we can do in 2022 and beyond. Uh, that ends this statement made by Kate Roffey, um, president of the Melbourne Football Club today. So this has had a fair reaction. It was uh, the, the news was there for all of us this morning. It was discussed uh, all throughout the day on SEN. Uh, Kane Corn spent a long time on this today and had this to say on the claims of, of Simon Goodwin bullying. It's not to dismiss the seriousness of this, but the first claim comes from the former doctor, Zeeshan Arain, if that's how I've pronounced um, the doctor's name um, correctly, I hope I have, in which the medico said he encouraged unreasonable, uh, sorry, encountered unreasonable and repeated behaviour by Mr. Goodwin, and the coach used aggressive language and tone in relation to the management of injuries involving senior players. That wouldn't be unusual. So that claim in itself, and of course it's one person's word against the other, the claim that an AFL coach used aggressive language and tone in relation to the management of injuries involving senior players would happen daily, if not daily, weekly. Now, if I'm, I'm not taking sides here, but if you are the head doctor of an AFL football club, I wouldn't think that's bullying to, to encounter aggressive language in relation to injuries and management of your players. I wouldn't think that is out of place. In fact, I would have witnessed that hundreds of times over the course of, of any career, or certainly, um, you know, I've seen that. And, and and the club doctors are usually really strong people who go back as well, and they use aggressive or they debate the series. The, this is high performance. This is key players who are injured that clearly the coach wants out there and the doctors have the responsibility to make sure the injury isn't made more significant um, and that they can still you know, get their best players out in the park as quickly as they possibly can. So that claim in itself doesn't really concern me, albeit you know, we have vague details around that. He also went on to speak about Gil McLaughlin's involvement in the Simon Goodwin situation. The one that is, is interesting is... Gillan McLaughlin's involvement in this. Now, I'm sure Gillan McLaughlin gets involved with clubs all the time, but Gillan McLaughlin describes Simon Goodwin's decision to drink and gamble with players as crazy in a crisis meeting about the coach's behaviour. Now, in itself, a coach choosing to gamble and drink with the players is unusual. Like, I, I would have not seen that um, in my time, but I wasn't coached by that many people and I probably didn't hang out in those circles and, and the, the pub and, and gambling wasn't sort of something that completely interested me. So I'm sure it's happened in the past. It's not illegal to drink and gamble and it's not illegal to do it with your players. Yes, I wouldn't advise that when you are the head coach of a club and it is a bad look. There is no doubt about it. And the fact that Gillan McLaughlin has had to get involved and offer his advice to the Melbourne footy club. He says, I know for a fact that your coach is out drinking with players at the Sorrento pub. Are you crazy? That doesn't work, McLaughlin said. And I agree with that. Long term, that doesn't work. But in itself, 
It's not a hanging offence to be drinking and gambling with your players. It's not illegal. Kane Corns uh, on Gil McLaughlin's involvement in the Goodwin situation and he explained why he's not ready to pass judgment on Simon Goodwin either. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not really ready to pass judgment on Simon Goodwin here until or if there's more information because the two claims here that I see, strong language to a club doctor about the injury and the management of players, yeah, it doesn't, you know, I wouldn't blink twice at that. And the fact that he was drinking and gambling with players, I'll admit, is, is unusual and I've never seen it before and I wouldn't advise that um, in terms of building a strong culture at the club. But I don't know. Is it worthy of the hype of the story? Kane also explained in his view why you can't apply typical workplace standards to football clubs. This was his view on when it came to conversations between coaches and players, coaches and doctors, and in the environment of an AFL club, which he spent uh, 300 games in, uh, that it's not the same as an, an everyday workplace. It shouldn't matter if you're in a footy club environment or not. Abuse towards another staff member should not be tolerated in any workplaces, says Tex. That's fine uh, in isolation, Tex. So then is, is an AFL coach in the coach's box or at quarter time not allowed to use strong language to a player? That, that is a workplace on game day. Now, no, no one is going to suggest that an AFL coach or any sporting coach should not be allowed to have strong language towards a player who has gone against his instruction or is playing outside of team rules. There's always going to be a place for that. Now, how many footballers could have a claim for workplace bullying in the history of football if we want to take your view that it doesn't matter if it's in a football club environment? It just doesn't doesn't work like that. You sign up to play in a high-performing, high-paying job, you need to expect confronting conversations. It's not your average workplace. So, yeah, you text in an ideal world. It doesn't matter if you're in a footy club environment. Abuse towards another is abuse. Well, Whatever. It's, it's, it's never going to be the case when you are under the microscope, when you're in a high-paying, high-pressure job, high-performing. It happens. It's happened for 100 years. Coaches have got better at it, particularly during the week, but the pressure is still going to evoke strong emotion and strong language. And if you can't cop it, don't sign up to play. Now, if you think that's bullying, you can think that. I will think it's trying to get the best out of your team. And at the end of the game... You discuss it, you shake hands, and you move on. And I think that creates a good culture, and that is always going to be the case. Kane Corns today, as we're working through the reaction to the explosive story in the Herald Sun that Mick Warner posted today uh, in regards to uh, Melbourne's concerns early last year about Simon Goodwin and the concerns they expressed to the AFL and what's happened since. Obviously, the two people who had those concerns, uh, former President Glenn Bartlett uh, and uh, the former club doctor, uh, are no longer at the club anymore. Uh, I'm very much with Kane. I'm not going to sit here and try and pass judgment on Simon Goodwin because as much info as there was in that story, there's just so much stuff that I don't know about that. I don't know what the drinking and the gambling with the players was all about. Was it a team bonding day? Do they just put a couple of mystery bets on um, and, and put a little kitty in like we've all done with our mates at a pub on any Saturday, um, sitting around having a lunch? It, it might just have been a, a social day that they were all experiencing together. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm aware that Simon Goodwin has ad, had admitted to problems with gambling in his past, but I don't know where he currently sits with that. And in that process, uh, where he's currently at with recovery or treatment or whatever it might be. So I'm not passing judgment there either. Um, we know that 
this was happening for Simon Goodwin during a pretty tough personal and professional time. He's um, was the most under pressure coach going into last season after not making finals uh, the, the year before last. And we also know that uh, it was during this time that unfortunately his marriage was ending. So I'd, again, I don't, I'm not going to be one that rushes to cast judgment uh, on a man because I don't know everything that he's experienced and everything that he's going through and even what the context of some of these things were. Um, I don't, don't know whether the concerns about him going to Vegas by himself were, were maybe just about, well, he's going through a tough time at the moment, so let's send someone to, to, to be there as a support. I, again, I don't know, so I don't cast that judgment. The bullying, of course, is very serious and needs to be not dismissed because that's somebody saying that this was my experience and we should never dismiss someone when they say this was how I feel and this is my experience and people should always be able to feel safe in a workplace and when you don't, it's an awful existence. But what's one person's bullying is obviously could also be someone else's robust conversation. I was absolutely shocked once to have a very dear friend of mine tell me that I used to work with saying that you know that how passionate you can get about what we do your passion often comes across as aggression and it can rub people up the wrong way. I was mortified because here I am thinking I'm, you know, passionate and dedicated and hardworking. I just want to do the best and I just want us all to be the best thinking what a great team person I am. And someone said, no, you're a pain in the ass and you come across like that. And I don't like it when you get like that because it's too overbearing. So I was stunned to know that that's how I was perceived. So again, people's perceptions of these things can be very, very different. And I'm not going to dismiss either's. Uh, in that situation. Melbourne have had their response um, and that's been a pretty emphatic one today and you can absolutely have your say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 0433-98-1116 off the temper text. This is the Macca's run on SEN. Your say on the news of the day. We do it all for the Aussie Angus Burger. Uh, John in Greensboro, stay right there. We'll come to you on the other side of this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the Macca's run. All thanks to the, the Aussie Angus Burger at Macca's. Give it a try today. Uh, off the text, Barassi would be laughing his head off at these bullying claims. Mario from Maslin Beach. Mario, I understand where you're coming from there, but let's also not forget, and we're trying to be really balanced with this because there is a lot we don't know um, from the story that was published today by Michael Warner in the Herald Sun. Um, but the there was a payout uh, to that doctor who uh, was who did um, who uh, ended up. Um, lodging a claim for unfair dismissal, and uh, and there was a, a six-figure payout uh, and and a financial settlement reached uh, as part of that uh, as well. Now that may have just been for the uh, dismissal side of things, and may not have had anything to do with with the claim of bullying. So again, there is a, a bit, a fair bit that we don't know uh, as we try and just provide balance uh, to this. But clearly, it's a, a big story, and uh, and I know a couple of people texting saying um, we shouldn't be talking about it and we should all be moving on, but. This show is all about uh, catching you up on the news of the day, and this has been the biggest story of the day as well. John in Greensboro. G'day, John. Yeah, g'day, Sammy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, look, um, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, uh, because mm. like you said, Sammy, um, we, there's a lot that we don't know. Now, for one, is you know they talk about a chaperone going, going along with Simon Goodwin. Now, how do we know that that chaperone wasn't there uh, just as a... Uh, as a, uh, a person of support, because yeah. Simon Goodwin was going through a, 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 a tough place, not to look after him and to make sure how behaves, he behaves. Good so point, John. First. Yeah, good point. We don't know that. We don't know that. Secondly, you know, how do we also know that that pub gambling day, because not everybody drinks when they go to the pub, not everybody gambles. How do we know that that wasn't the catalyst 
of the ultimate success that they they got to experience in 2021. Mm. Uh, so that, that, that's one thing. And, and thirdly, too, um, you know, we, we've sort of had a day where the two most high-profile teams in Australia have just had, you know, pretty much the ultimate success. Uh, and I'm talking about the Australian cricket team as well, where they've just they've won the World Cup, they've won the Ashes um, convincingly. And here we have a coach who's been under the gun. And again, with Simon Goodwin, you know, they've just experienced the ultimate success. And then if you look at clubs in the past, at times where they've actually brought some success to their fans, you look at the Collingwood of 2010, how there were a lot of party boys, and but, you know, they delivered uh, the Hawthorne boys. You know, and as you remember, uh, Lance Franklin uh, was yeah. apparently a chaperone by somebody, and West Coast Eagles back in the days when they yeah. won multiple flags. So as a supporter, sometimes, you know, what would you... Yeah, you we, we talk about culture, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes something just clicks and the team brings home success. So you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have a particular recipe. Sometimes success comes without even the culture being there because guys could just be having a good time. They enjoy yeah. each other's company. And, and John, so, you you make a you make a, a lot of great points. And and what we do know is that Melbourne went through a thorough review of of their football club and all the facets of it. And the majority of the people there were were keen from what we we can see in the statement that was made today, that uh, they were keen to make sure that Simon Goodwin stayed on. Um, and that's proven to be a successful decision that has been made. So it hasn't been something that I think they've turned a blind eye to. They've clearly looked through all of this. Now, it is strange that um, despite having just re-signed for, for another, or, or just signed on to do another 12 months as president, um, shortly after all this had sort of happened, Glenn Bartlett, uh, this was sort of happening around Feb, March, and then in April, uh, Glenn Bartlett stepped down. Um, so there is, again, things that we, we don't know all everything. And what we do know is that every player that you speak to about how and why they've improved in the way that they have, um, is Clayton Oliver spoke glowingly, Christian Petrarca, Max Gorn, all of those players, when they're asked, what was it that has got you now to the next level, to that elite level that you're currently playing at? And they all credit Simon Goodwin. So, you know, the, the relationship that he's had with the players um, cannot, cannot be questioned. Um, and, and the impact that he has had on them for the positive cannot be questioned either. So those are, you know, we, those are the things that we need to keep uh, in mind as well. So you make uh, some great points uh, about, you know, the success that they've had. So clearly if there was things going on, if there was concerns, and, 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 it, and by the leaked documents in Michael Warner's story, there were concerns. It would seem that those concerns have been raised, addressed, dealt with, and then the, at the end of it, they've moved on and they've been able to win a premiership. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Um, Malcolm Blight spoke to Kane Corns and gave his reaction uh, to the Simon Goodwin story. Yeah, I, I, I just one of the things that always fascinates me is that uh, unless you're any good, you don't get a headline. So I, I've, I've figured that out now. If you, if you're actually half okay, you, you actually get headlines. If you're nobody, you don't get anything. So I just want to go to the bottom line, and I'm not, you know, I know Gil McLaughlin, we all know Gil McLaughlin, but his comment about in the Sorrento Hotel, I'll start from the bottom of it, not what actually happened, to say that that is not 
what he should be doing. So the senior coach is out having a, few, a couple of drinks. Now, was that was he drinking lemon squash or beer? Were all the players drinking beer or lemon squash? And they're having a bet. Now, do they all put in a dollar and get a trifecta, or do they all put in a dollar and mm. get a Kino one? Mm. Just to be a community thing within your football club. To make an assessment from that far away drives me nuts, shows that they've never been in that environment I did it back in my North Melbourne days when I coached, you know, to try and get some camaraderie. I took Woodville to the pub. I took Geelong to the pub. I took North, uh, every, Adelaide to the pub. I, just every now and again. But, you, you know, after a couple of years, you think, oh, gee, this is, you know, something's a bit wrong here. Let's just go and have a social event. Now, half the time, the blokes didn't have a beer. But we were all together in a very tight environment. So making assessments on that drives me nuts. And it also shows it also shows that what Simon did maybe was the catalyst for what's happened. Malcolm Blight also uh, gave his view on what the AFL should have done. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have thought it had anything to do with the AFL. I sort of would have mm. thought it was an internal matter within the Melbourne Football Club. They've employed Simon to actually coach the club the way he sees fit. Now, at that stage, he saw that fit. Now, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm. What's wrong with it? You know, now... Some like, as I said, you could have a function and, and alcohol doesn't have to be involved. And maybe, maybe some of those players at Sorrento Pub, and don't forget, I've played with blokes, we've all played with blokes that don't drink. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they actually join in when there's something about the team on. It's not all about alcohol. Sometimes it's about what you do. So I, I just, I don't get it. They mm. employed him to coach that football club. If they didn't think that was right, Forget what anyone else says because he was bullying someone. What? What did he say? Well, I don't agree with that. Is that bullying? That's probably bullying now, is it? Well, Come on, that, we're all getting a yeah. bit soft, aren't we? That was Malcolm Blight. Uh, and th- so the, the disagreements um, in that uh, Dr. Arraines talked about when he spoke about uh, the, the conversations with Simon Goodwin, he claimed that he had encountered unreasonable and repeated behaviour by Goodwin and who used lang- aggressive language and tone when it came to conversations regarding the management of players and their injuries. Um, we won't play all of Malcolm Blight. Worth listening, sen.com.au. He went on and spoke in great detail about how much power he thinks players should have in these situations. He's not a big fan of leadership groups. He said your senior players will know what's going on and he also gave a pretty incredible insight into his belief that it was player power that drove Guy McKenna out. It's really worth listening to at the Gold Coast Suns. He said he wasn't on the board anymore and he couldn't stop it. But if he had been, he would have stopped it. He believes it was player power that got Guy McKenna dismissed from the Gold Coast Suns. It's worth listening to, sen.com.au. But David Schwartz, uh, former Melbourne great. Um, of course, we know about Schwartz's own um battles that he's had with gambling over his journey. He spoke on 3RW today about these allegations. Your point that you made about festering and not being dealt with will be the biggest issue. Um, I think when the story came out or when people knew that this was happening behind the scenes, you kind of look at uh, where it's all coming from. And and Dr. Ryan, when we're talking about people within clubs, the doctor is probably one of the most privileged and most uh, regarded people. Uh, I still have a great relationship with my doctor, Dr. Andrew Daff, who went on to Richmond. But we, we deal with these doctors because we give them privileged information all the time. So they're, they're, they're very learned. They, um, they, they deal with um, the board and the, and the coaches and the players with intimate information. So I think he's, um, he has to be respected and, and listened to. He's making these serious allegations. 
Glenn Barlett, a workplace lawyer, would have listened, would have uh, would have gone through that process, would have spoken to Gill because that's the first port of call. For them to be looking at that, the, the allegations must have been serious enough that you know there was serious concern with Simon and his behaviour. Now I don't know if that is the case or not, but you know I think if it's coming from multiple sources, you know where there's smoke is fire. You've got to you've got to investigate and you've got to go through that process. David Schwartz today on 3AW, he also gave his views on whether or not Simon Goodwin should be or seen to be gambling with players. To be putting it in front of young, vulnerable you know, men, and let's, let's be honest, they earn a lot of money and we know all that. I don't think it's a great look. It, he's probably got it under control, absolutely, but I don't think as a coach and as a mentor and somebody that they're looking up to and being guided by that he's involved himself with that. I, I think he needs just, you know, distance himself from that sort of behaviour. Let the players do what they do, but the the coach has to be bigger and better and smarter than them because he's the one giving the messages. David Schwartz, uh, today uh, on 3AW, uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 your say on the news of the day, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. So that's a snapshot of the reaction to a pretty explosive story um, from Mick Warner and the Herald Sun in regards to the Melbourne Footy Club and their concerns regarding Simon Goodwin from uh, 2018 uh, through to early 2021. And uh, that's all based on uh, a collection or a cachet of leaked documents that uh, he has seen, emails, uh, board memos, meeting transcripts, uh, etc. If you've got a view on it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. AFLW at the moment. Uh, fourth quarter just started between the Saints and the Eagles. Tightly held game at the moment. The Eagles uh, with a four point lead uh, just in the first minute and a half of the first quarter uh, at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. We'll turn our attention to the Australian cricket side. Obviously, uh, an exciting day. Uh, and a triumphant day for our women uh, in the Ashes series. Uh, the culmination of that series, meaning that uh, England went 0 of 13. Doesn't that sound great? Uh, over the summer between the men's and the women's. But a lot to talk about in terms of the squad that's been selected for the three tests in Pakistan. Usman Kawaja has spoken today uh, and spoken about Justin Langer as well. So we'll work you through all of that uh, on the other side of this on the Macca's run. She goes for it. And she gets there in style, a convincing and comprehensive win to end this multi-format Ashes series. Australia get their clean sweep. They continue their hold over England. Ruthless, what they were going for, and have achieved just that as they head into a World Cup campaign. Meg Lanning bringing up uh, the culmination to a dominant Ashes series win for our women's cricketers uh, in the best of styles, uh, a six to finish it off, 57 not out for her. Um, Australia winning by eight wickets, the last of the one day is today. Clean sweep for them. It means that in the men's and women's combined, uh, England went 0 of 13, or in the positive, glass half full, Australia went 13 and 0 uh, in both of those. Uh, Tully McGrath was the player of the series. Uh, just before we get to uh, Rachel Haynes being interviewed by Cal Ferguson uh, after the win, we'll play uh, a little bit of that. Just some texts that I said I'd get through in regards to uh, Melbourne and uh, the Simon Goodwin story of Mick Warner today. Mick Warner is a goose, rehashing old stories. Um, all you journos should have your sordid lives exposed. All your three-hour boozy lunches. Um, well, I'm not a journo, so I've never uh, purported to try and expose anybody's life, and uh, I never purported to be a journo either, so I don't... Um, with all due respect to journos, who they all do a great job, but uh, I'm a broadcaster, so um, I'm not sure why you're lumping me in 
Um, and I can't remember the last time I had a three-hour lunch. Would be would be nice though. I'm working every day. Uh, Barassi would be laughing his head off. Uh, that's from Mario Maslin Beach. Another day, uh, another sordid. Uh, another day, another story. Social media experts can lash the media and our woke country. Excellent explanation uh, of all the facts, Sam Daniel. That was just my explanation of the major dot points in Mick Warner's. Uh, story. Uh, Simon Goodwin won a flag at a basket case club. Let's celebrate that. Everything else is past history. Bartlett and the doctor uh, wouldn't know a thing about football. Um, that's from Mudguts. Uh, well, Mudguts, they, I mean, Glenn Bartlett is an, uh, an employment lawyer, so he does know a lot about that particular field uh, and that particular aspect um, of, of this story. Um, so just to give a bit of balance to that. Um, if the AFLPA threatens the AFL with strikes or other player action, should this now be deemed bullying and have them sanctioned? I'm not sure I get the link with that one, but thank you for your text. Uh, outcomes, premierships don't justify the means. Bullying is simply unacceptable, never excusable. Not a comment on Simon Goodwin. I don't know the facts. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, not being harsh, Sam, but we don't know what happened. That's why I'm saying we shouldn't talk about it. I agree with John. All the past teams winning premierships with their party culture. It's interesting. Uh, that's from Alex. Uh, Gil loves gambling and alcohol companies, advertising and sponsorship money. Just doesn't like his employees drinking or gambling. Spare me. That's from James in Footscray. Uh, talk about cutting down a great bloke in Simon Goodwin. He's allowed a drink or two with the team. If it did happen, it didn't affect the players. Uh, that's from Dean. Uh, McLaughlin takes money from beer and betting companies and has the coaches uh, uh, and has the coaches over for a boozy night and dodgy curry. That's from Mario and Maslin Beach. That is always funny when we camp outside. Gills joint to see all the coaches coming in and what they bring. <laughs> that always makes me laugh why we're there for that. Um, Sam, SEN and the AFL, sponsored by gambling organisations. They get away with it by saying gamble responsibly. If the coach was gambling responsibly, what's the problem? Is the AFL being hypocritical? That's from David. Uh, and then, holy moly, I've worked in high-pressure corporate life forever, and that type of language is very normal. Go work for a big investment bank for a day, and you'll see that type of language used towards another staff member 20 times a day. So those are some of the views that are coming through in regards to the um, the Simon Goodwin story uh, written by Mick Warner in the Herald Sun uh, today. And Melbourne have released a statement, um, and they absolutely refute any allegations uh, of bullying. Um and it's worth having a read of that. I read it out earlier word for word, and it's worth uh, getting on their website to hear their response from that as well. And Kate Roffey detailing all the steps that were taken um, at the end of 2020 before the 2021 season uh, to address uh, all aspects of their football club and all aspects of their culture uh, as well. So Melbourne have responded, and that can be found uh, on their website. So back to the cricket. Um, Rachel Haynes had a quick chat to Cal Ferguson after the clean sweep Ashes win. Yeah, we wanted to finish the series really strongly and um, I guess make a bit of a statement heading into the World Cup. So it was nice to win the Ashes outright and uh, play well today. And uh, your own form? It looked like you were finding some rhythm out there. Yeah, I actually don't feel like I've been hitting the ball too bad. I think um, the first couple of wickets were quite tricky, but today I thought it flattened right out for the batters, so there was plenty of runs on offer. And uh, it seemed like you had just about a contribution from everyone across the board throughout the Ashes. That must be really pleasing going into the World Cup as well. Yeah, it is nice knowing, I guess, you're not relying on one or two people to, to do well um, to be successful, and I think it's something our team's prided itself on over the years is um, you know making sure when you get an opportunity you, you take it, and so it's been really nice to see that. So I guess a lot of us would love to know 
What's the feeling like when you when you win an Ashes, especially on home soil? You know, what's the feeling like at the end of the series, and you've and you've got the job done? Yeah, I think everyone's well and truly elated. Um, yeah, it's a, a bit of a sense of relief as well, being such a, a big series. But yeah, for us, it, you know, we we really wanted to make sure we won. We didn't want to retain it. We wanted to to win emphatically and to do that. Um, yeah, it's pretty special. And playing as a mother as well, I mean, is that just taking your game to another level? Has it given you a new perspective? Run us through some of that. Yeah, I think it's probably just given me a bit more perspective. Um, you know, Leah, my partner, has always been a great support for me, but um, having Hugo there and just seeing him at the end of the day, albeit on video court at the moment, um, yeah, it's just um, one of those things he puts cricket in perspective. Rachel Haynes uh, speaking to Cal Ferguson. Uh, thanks to Channel 7 after the Ashes win. Uh, the Australian squad uh, named for the three-test tour of Pakistan. There's one day as in a T20 as well to come. Haven't been there in almost 25 years. Before we get to uh, some of the, the uh, audio around that from selector George Bailey, uh, Usman Khawaja was asked about the departure of Justin Langer. He fronted the media today. He is one of the 18 that will be heading uh, to Pakistan. And he had this to say. Look, I feel for the man himself because I've gone along with Justin for a long time. Um, you know, I love him as a bloke. He's a legend. Um, and, yeah, on a personal level, uh, you know, whether I get dropped or whether, you know, he's not the Australian coach, we both had that relationship. So, you know, it would be like anyone else in that similar role and similar relationship on a human level. Obviously, um, a lot of ex-players coming and uh, talking about the playing group, I think at some stage, um, you know, one of the one of the captains probably Finchy or Paddy would probably have to um, you know, stand up and, and, and answer some questions just just to get rid of all the speculation that's going around um, and to just put you know an end to it all, I guess. But JL is one guy. If you give him feedback, he normally pushes back at the start, but then he always takes it in at some stage. And I think he did. I think he was always trying to improve um, as a coach, as a person, um, and trying to do his best. And I can see. Um, definitely improvements um, in places where he probably was a bit weaker in his coaching. And it's like all of us, we're all trying to improve, trying to get better. And I could definitely see that in the effort being put in. But, you know, I, I still always got along with him. Um, he always had the best interest of everyone at heart, so that really didn't change. Oh, look, I've never seen a captain of the Australian te cricket team in charge of the whole cricket team ever. That's just not the way. Uh, you have a captain and coach for a reason. I guess they're a pretty important cog in the system. They work together, especially now that the coach as a selector wasn't always the case in the past um, I think you need to have that relationship really strong relationship um, and then that filters down to the boys I know it's the same between me and Wade Second here in Queensland um, we have a really good relationship and what we do kind of filters down the team but you know quite rarely very rarely are we not aligned on something and if we're not we usually talk about it behind the scenes and then go from there so I don't think anyone can do anything on their own I just don't think it's possible Adam? Usman Khawaja there, he also went on to say that he thinks at some stage one of the captains, Finchie or Paddy, will probably have to stand up and answer some questions just to get rid of all the speculation that's going around and to just put an end uh, to it all. He said, I didn't really know what was going on. I wasn't part of the process. I just came back into the team a few months ago. I've been a little out of it. Uh, he said he felt disconnected from the process that led to Justin Langer's departure. So plenty of support there from Usman Khawaja and pretty good advice as well. Um, clarity is the one thing that's been missing from all of this uh, and it would be great to get a little bit of it because that's how you kill these stories from continuing to grow and from comments continuing to be made. This could have been knocked on the head so easily by Cricket Australia. They could have just been really open with what the process was, what they wanted to get out of it and what their plans were for the future 
and it stops it dead in its tracks. But instead, it just continues to grow and more life gets breathed into it with every person that passes comment uh, on it. George Bailey was asked about uh, Justin Langer's legacy. But um, vividly remember his two his two points that day were that he wanted he wanted to um, he wanted the team to earn respect um, with Australians and he wanted to develop great cricketers and um, and great people um, and I I think he has absolutely done that I think you know the team have um, the team have done that JL's done that the staff around the team have done that so um, from that point of view um, you know that that was that was day one to when I started what did you say two years two years into that journey to now um one of you know one of the things that i think going back to um today um to where they were four years ago and, and jay absolutely has to take an enormous amount of credit for that and i hope i hope he's immensely proud of it george bailey uh aussie selector speaking about the legacy of justin langer before we get to the break simon in fairfield hello mate Good day, uh, Sam. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Just quickly with this um, Simon Goodwin thing that's been going on today. Mm. Um, each year that um, Gil McLaughlin has a coach us to his place for dinner. Yeah. I'm just wondering how interesting that will be this year when uh, Simon Goodwin comes, if he's going to bring a bottle of wine or something. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I would imagine that given the events of today, I wouldn't be surprised if there'd, there'd already been some conversations and some air clearings. Um, I don't know that. I've got nothing to base that on, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this, these things had already been sort of cleared up and, and, and discussed. But if it hasn't been, then, yeah, you're right. That, that dinner, when does that dinner happen? When does that dinner normally go ahead? Do we, is it the end of the year? Around March? All right, so we'll wait, we'll wait and see. Whoever gets the assignment that night, do you reckon that would be the, would you be happy with that? If you're one of the, from one of the TV stations that, that, is, that is covering said dinner and you, oh, you, you're, you're camping out the front of Gills tonight to watch all the coaches come in. Do you reckon that person who gets that assignment is happy about that one? I don't know if I would be. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll wait and see. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the Macca's run or for the Aussie Angus burger. Make sure you try it at Macca's uh, today. Still a little bit of audio to get through from George Bailey. Denver Granger Barras spoke to Dwayne Russell. Dwayne Russell, uh, a man after my own heart today. And I don't, what I was disappointed in, and I might talk about this at some point after the break. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a super dependent on the person kind of conversation, really. I think um, coming out of an interstate club, I know a lot of boys aren't ready despite thinking they might be ready to, uh, to travel interstate. So I think two years is sort of a really good, um, good time period to sort of give boys a gauge whether that's sort of um, the path that they want to continue on. Me personally, like, I was uh, I was I was pretty keen to move out as as it was back in WA. So the fact that it was across the country was uh, was a bonus. So I uh, yeah I don't mind whether it was two years, but now it's not, it's four total. So fingers crossed it can uh, it can build from there. Uh, that's the future captain of the Hawthorne Football Club, Denver Granger Barras. Uh, pick six uh, in the 2020 National Draft has extended for another two years at the Hawks. I know uh, Kane is claiming him, but I'm just going to try and re-raise a little on that, uh, that he will be a future captain uh, of the Hawthorne Football Club. Check that chat out that he had with Dwayne, sen.com.au. He's, he is wise beyond his years. Very level head on the shoulders from everything you hear. I don't know him personally, but everything you hear is just A-quality. Um, that is a very, very good player, young player, and a very, very good person from uh, what I can hear. Anyway, uh, a little snap judgment, I know. But uh, it was a very hyphenated name, heavy show for Dwayne. 
He had uh, Callum Coleman-Jones. He had Denver Granger-Barassa. Not one mention of the Ivor smith Award that I implemented last year. 3-2-1 each week for the best players with a hyphenated surname. Not one mention from the pipe about that prestigious award. Luke Davies-Uniac won it last year. Denver Granger-Barass could be right in the running this year. Come on, pipe. A bit of love. Hey, uh, Sporting Capital up next. Thanks for all your texts during the Maccas run. We do it all for the Aussie Angus Burger. Try one at Maccas today. Sporting Capital up next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.